We're now going to move over to uh, Cambridge. We've got Daniel Goodman from City Church Cambridge with us this morning. Daniel's been absolutely fantastic helping us as a church bringing apostolic care uh, on behalf of relational mission to us. It's been a great support to me as a friend and uh, it's great to have him uh, with us this morning. He was supposed to be with us in uh, in the flesh, but um, we can now even have him uh, with us digitally. So uh, we're really looking forward to what you have to say, Daniel. And uh, I want to commend you. I love you. You're such a great leader I love the way that you lead with real care for your people uh, with uh, a real simple uh, radical love for Jesus and uh, I've so found that inspiring as a friend and uh, I'm, I'm opening my heart to all the things that you've got to say to us this morning and be blessed by it so over to you in Cambridge well, that's so kind of you, Valter. I wasn't expecting uh, such an outpouring of encouragement but that's done me a lot of good thank you so much uh, Welcome from me and from Cambridge, from my front uh, room uh, with my books behind me and various bits and bobs of the boys. And uh, we're going to look at Psalm 121. So if you want to turn in your Bible to Psalm 121, I just wanted to um, take a moment to commend you guys because this, um, this has been an absolutely fantastic meeting to be part of. In Cambridge, we have uh, Apple, we have Microsoft, Samsung, PayPal, lots and lots of high-tech companies. But this is by far the whizziest uh, Zoom call I've ever been on with polls and with an absolutely brilliant introductionary video about how to make the most of it, the worship and blending different voices together and uh, little pop-up messages has been absolutely fantastic. So I think you're doing so, so well on that front. But I also want to commend you because of your uh, leaders. I've had the joy of being in a Zoom call recently, looking at the theology of worship with some of your worship leaders and Dan and others, and uh, having phone calls with Valter, and even this morning just being on the pre-meeting prayer meeting and seeing the vibrant faith and prayer life of people in your church. I know now what Paul meant in Thessalonians when he talked about longing to be with you. I really wish I could be there. I'm sure all of us feel the same. We wish we could be together. But here I am on a big screen. So let's look at Psalm 121 together. Now for context, the people of the Old Testament were called to travel to Jerusalem three times a year for festivals. And these festivals would be times of pilgrimage. And uh, a few of the Psalms were written for these occasions. They're called Psalms of Ascent. And so this is a psalm of ascent. It was specifically written to equip the pilgrims as they're on their way up to Jerusalem. And because Jerusalem is in the mountains, as we saw from someone's background, um, that would have meant a trip through the backgrounds on the, uh, a trip through the mountain on the way to Jerusalem. So let's read the psalm together in that context. I will lift my eyes up to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. 
So as the uh, pilgrims start this psalm, it says, I look to the mountains. Now, I wonder what was in their mind when they were looking to the mountains. They might have been thinking of the presence of God, because in, in the mountains was Jerusalem, where the temple was, and that's where the presence of God was. Now, just as an aside, in, in the Old Testament, when the presence of God came in the tabernacle and in the temple, it came in a pillar of fire, and it settled in the Holy of Holies. But in Acts 2, the New Testament, when the presence of God comes as fire, it separates and it settles individually on the heads of those disciples who are there in the upper room. The presence of God is with us, the church. But in those days, they were looking to the presence of God in Jerusalem. So perhaps they looked to the mountains just to remind themselves of the presence of God. Or perhaps they looked to the mountains because the mountains were often places of encounter. That's where the burning bush with Moses was. That's where Jesus, uh, God appeared to Moses, gave him the Ten Commandments. That's where God spoke to Elijah. So mountains were places of encounter. But I think even more than those things, mountains were actually places of extreme danger. They were places of threat. So these pilgrims are making a journey. They're coming towards Jerusalem. And between them and Jerusalem, the end of their journey, are these mountains. Unpredictable places, places of vulnerability. These pilgrims are exposed to the weather, to the heat, to the cold, to the rain. And then in the mountains, especially, they are exposed to robbery, attack, murder. Jesus himself tells a story about the Good Samaritan a man who takes a journey like this and is beaten up on the way. So this would have been a very common idea in their minds. As they look to the mountains, these mountains of fear, they lift their eyes to God. Now we're in a season where it's tempting for us to lift our eyes to the horizon and see only mountains of fear. What is going to happen to the economy? What is going to happen to food security? What's going to happen to my health and the health of those I love, my parents and my children? What's going to happen to relationships? People are feeling fearful in the teeth of isolation and insecurity, uncertainty, things beyond our control. So in many ways, we can sympathize greatly with what these pilgrims were thinking. But this is a psalm designed to strengthen them at this moment. It's a message about God's presence being with us and him protecting us. It's something that we need to hear. Joshua needed to hear it back in Joshua chapter 1. God said to him, I will be with you always, just as I was with Moses. It's a message that these disciples had to hear at the end of Matthew. Jesus says, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So this is a fantastic message meant to encourage us. Rather than only looking at the mountains of fear, as this psalm does, we need to look to the God who made the heavens and the earth, the one who is far, far greater than all these things, the one who cannot be shaken, the one who cannot be surprised, the one who cannot be overwhelmed, our great, great king. We need to do this by really putting into practice all we've learned in our Christian lives, we need to choose to fix our eyes on God. It talks about David, King David, strengthening himself in the Lord. And we need to do that ourselves. We need to uh, enjoy worshipping God. We need to give ourselves to prayer. And we need to read the word. Now, we don't need to become 
experts in these things. I've been doing them for 30 plus years and I still feel like um, I've got a lot of growing to do. But I'll just give you a couple of things that um, I do on a daily basis. One is that when I'm having uh, some time with God in the morning before the children get up, um, I will write my prayers down. So I find, it, I find it helps me in my focus to know that I've prayed for things, just to have a little journal and to write half a page of prayer, a page of prayer, focusing on exactly um, what I want to bring before God. Um, I have a Bible that um, I write in, I mark up, so I've got lots of colored pencils. And uh, I find as a visual person, it really helps me to interact with the Bible. I know some people are horrified about the idea of writing all over your Bible, but you can always get a new Bible at the end of it. Um, and worship, you know, one of the things I love about worship, something that really stimulates me, is finding out the, the story behind the worship song, to sort of get my, my head into the head of the worship leader or the songwriter who wrote it. So if you don't know the story behind It Is Well With My Soul, the story behind that song is absolutely inspirational. Or even Strength Will Rise As We Wait Upon The Lord. That was written by a worship leader who suddenly was thrown into a period of chronic fatigue and who couldn't get out of bed for more than 30 minutes a day. And in that moment, he wrote Strength Will Rise As I Wait Upon The Lord. So let's give ourselves to prayer. Let's give ourselves to worship. Let's give ourselves to feeding on the word of God. Now, if it's okay with you, I just want to do a couple of minutes of theology, okay? Because a psalm like this is quite interesting. Some people are appropriating psalms like Psalm 121 and Psalm 91 and saying, it says here that nothing bad will happen to me. Now, unfortunately, that was uh, an exegesis, an exposition that Satan himself used with Jesus in the temptation. Jesus said, uh, Satan said to Jesus, throw yourself off this cliff because the psalm says the angels will protect you. He's goading Jesus into misunderstanding what the Bible is actually saying. This psalm does not guarantee that no harm will come to a believer. That's not the point of it. In fact, if we're honest and we look to other parts of the clear teaching of Scripture, we see that writ large. So let me just read the words of Jesus. In Luke 21, Jesus says, You will be betrayed by your parents, and they will put some of you to death. But not a hair of your head will perish. How can this be? Jesus is saying, they will put some of you to death, but none of you will perish. Again, here in Matthew, it says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both. In Romans 8, for I am convinced that neither death nor life shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So Romans 8 clearly imagines that even death, which will happen to us, doesn't separate us from the love of God. It's true to say that the death and resurrection of Jesus, that free gift of grace to us, changes everything. Our hope is that our lives, our names are written in the book of life, that we have eternal life with God. And the life that matters most, the life that lasts forever, is safe and secure 
in the hands of Jesus. And even death in this life cannot separate us from the love of God. And it wouldn't be true to say that Jesus is not concerned about our lives. Obviously, he is deeply concerned. In John chapter 17, it's recorded the Lord's, what my friend Mike Frisbee says, the real Lord's prayer, the high priestly prayer in John 17. Jesus says, Father, protect them, protect them, protect them by the power of your name. Jesus is ever interceding for us on our behalf. He is prayerful before your Father that you will be protected, that you will be kept safe. He, he prays for us and he tells us to pray for one another. But not only that, the Bible tells us that God is with us. And as we've already heard today, even as we go through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with us. In Numbers, we get this glorious blessing. It's one that I had the absolute privilege of having my mum and dad say to me every single night when they put me to bed throughout my childhood. And it's one that I say to the boys even now. And sometimes, even halfway through the day, they'll just turn to me and say, can you say that again? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. So let me pray. Father, I'm so, so grateful for Life Church Peterborough. I'm so grateful to all my friends there. I'm so grateful that in this time when we're tempted to look at the mountains of fear, as the pilgrims were, that we can lift our eyes to you from where our help comes. And that even if we're surrounded by suffering and death, there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus. You have given us eternal life. And as far as I'm concerned, that lasts forever. Help us to fix our eyes on you. Help us to have an eternal perspective. Help us to draw great encouragement from our friends around us and the wonderful heroes of the faith in the past, Lord, who have been through times of great suffering. But in this time, Lord, we choose to fix our eyes on you we choose to draw upon you as our source of help. We want our lives to glorify you and to be to the praise of your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. Why don't you wave as a thank you for Daniel uh, to be with us this morning. It's so encouraging uh, to uh, have your amazing teaching with us, Daniel. Thank you. We receive that. Um, it's so important that in this season we continue to expect that God will bring breakthrough. I don't know about you, but it's so easy to uh, start to think, well, I'm just going to survive. If I just get through this, it'll be fine. But I don't believe that the church is called to just survive. It's called to thrive, particularly in seasons of challenge. So I want to spend some time just to pray into some specific things. I think we tried this for the first time last week. We shared some prophetic words and uh, we prayed for breakthrough. And uh, I want to start us off with a testimony of breakthrough. And then after that, I want to share a few more words that I've had come through from different people uh, to really pray for God's breakthrough in this season. So, uh, Maxine, we're going to zoom over to you and it'll be great for you to share what happened last week when we prayed. Yeah, last week somebody had a word that, that somebody had uh, pressure and pain behind their right eye and a headache. And that was very specific to me. 
For those of you who don't know, 15 years ago, I was diagnosed with a pituitary tumour, which is a little little gland that sits below your brain. And unfortunately, uh, they couldn't remove that. And I was left after treatment, I was left with a chronic headache. And uh, I've had that headache for 15 years. And that sounds a bit unbelievable, but 24 seven, I have a headache. Um, I've had lots of prayer, lots of wonderful prayer. And sometimes it's easy, but it's never made it go away. And uh, last week, I actually felt compelled to have prayer. And Enyu and I in our sitting room stood up and we prayed for that headache. And it didn't just go away. And in fairness, it probably got worse. But as the afternoon went on, the pain actually left. And I was a little bit worried to even tell Enyu about that. But the pain left and it was gone by Sunday evening. It was gone all day Monday and it was gone all day Tuesday, which was amazing. And unfortunately, on Tuesday evening, it came back. But what also added to the um, uh, a miracle of it was that I didn't feel defeated. I didn't feel uh, troubled by the fact that it came back. In fact, I felt grateful. I felt grateful for the holiday, the respite, and I was hopeful for what God's got in the future for me. That was just a little taste of what he's got. So if you have something that you've been praying for for a long time, don't be defeated. Keep praying. It's, um, God's got great things. Thank you. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Maxine. Um, we want to celebrate when God breaks through. Now, you could say that was a temporary breakthrough, and you're totally right. Um, uh, not a complete breakthrough, but we want to celebrate the breakthrough that Jesus has given, even for two days, being pain-free for uh, two and a half days after 15 years of headaches is a miracle, and we want to celebrate that together. So why don't you wave, clap, cheer, whatever you want to, to celebrate that Jesus brought some breakthrough from Maxine, and let's continue to pray that God will bring continuous breakthrough now uh, i want to do that now i want to start sharing a few words and i want to give a response after that to pray for that so it's a little bit weird but if you feel that any of the words that i'm going to share in a minute that have come through uh, from our prophetic team at uh, life church then uh, i want you to start gaining some faith in your heart for breakthrough i'm going to lead us in a prayer um, uh, last year, I had some heart palpitations that really worried me. Uh, I had to do with some stress things and other things, uh, and I was in a meeting. And I remember Gary sharing a word about somebody with heart palpitation. And you know, all the things that go through your head, don't you? It's like, oh, it's probably not me. Uh, it's just stress. I need to kind of get over it. And 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 yet, on that Sunday, I responded to uh, that uh, word of knowledge, got prayed for, uh, and it left. And it's not been back since. It's been absolutely amazing. There is real breakthrough, and I think we i want to encourage you as you hear these words coming through that god can bring breakthrough now we don't always understand how that works um it doesn't always come straight away it doesn't always come f- uh, for everyone um, i've had other things that i've been praying for for many years and, and they've still not gone um, at the same time i believe that jesus totally loves me and that he wants bring to bring breakthrough and he wants me to continue to lean into him so i'm going to share a few words and i want you uh, like maxine was saying to start to gain some faith even after many many years if you've been struggling with something that god can bring breakthrough in this season so um, some of the words that i got texted through uh, earlier on uh, from uh, gary redfern he said i believe there's somebody here who's got pain in their left arm shoulder region um he said i believe there's uh, some people who've got problems with heart palpitations uh, like the story that i just shared 
Uh, somebody with a, a painful nose, it may even seem like a little thing, uh, but really, actually, uh, it's getting in the way uh, of things for you. Um, people struggling with restless children, I mean, how uh, familiar that sounds, doesn't it? Um, but again, God can bring peace and breakthrough there. Uh, Joanna Atwell said um, she felt there was somebody uh, that joined us that pain in their left knee, perhaps even from a sport injury in the past and it's still bugging you. Um, somebody who feels weary in this season and has really struggled to get hold of the impossible, um, where perhaps you had faith in the past in this season, you've really struggled to look through the clouds and to continue to grow in faith. God wants to help and lift that off you this morning. Um, Hannah Ganderton shared about somebody feeling alone and scared uh, in the dark particularly, and God wants to lift that off. Um, I heard a testimony this week of somebody who was who was freed from fear in the dark just by a, a simple prayer. I mean, so uh, powerful. God wants to lift that off you. Um, Geo uh, sends me, Geo Baffer sends me some messages about somebody who's got migraine headaches and God wants to bring breakthrough. Maybe you've got one now or you've had some uh, regularly and uh, God wants to bring breakthrough in that. Um, somebody who's got glaucoma um, uh, problems with their eyes God wants to bring breakthrough in that uh, somebody with uh, um, sciatica uh, pain in the in the leg shooting uh, kind of pain um, uh, uh, somebody who's struggling with stomach ulcers and high blood pressure uh, I mean the list continues I think uh, make note if you feel God speaking to you through these things then uh, I want you to get ready and uh, Simona explained how she felt there was somebody who had pain in their right leg, uh, perhaps from a motor accident in the past, and that God wants to bring some breakthrough. So uh, a whole list of things. Uh, there might even be some things that I haven't mentioned, but if you want to see some breakthrough in a particular area, I want to encourage you uh, to come and respond with me. Now, this is a little bit weird. On a Sunday, we kind of uh, say, why don't you stand up, raise your hand, whatever. You're all in your living rooms and you're watching a screen, uh, but I do want you to come and uh, do some something uh, as a response to what Jesus is calling us to here. Uh, so that could be either standing up or putting a hand on the body part that's uh, um, struggling or if it's in your thought, maybe putting a hand on your on your head. But I want to encourage you to try and break out of the, the apathetic normal where we just kind of accept what is and, and kind of make a statement before Jesus saying, I, I want some breakthrough. So uh, if you can do that now, wherever you are in your living room, um, stand up, put a hand on the body part that's hurting. Uh, if you want to see some breakthrough, uh, maybe Jesus is calling you to do something else as a response. I'm going to leave that uh, to your uh, to your own um, judgment. But um, I believe that God wants to bring some breakthrough this morning and he wants to lift things off, just like Maxine was saying, and he wants us to gain faith that he will bring breakthrough. All right, let's get ready. Jesus, I pray a simple prayer. Will you come and bring breakthrough? I command breakthrough to come in life, church, in this season. I command bodies to be healed. I command sickness to go. I command worries to go. I command uh, fears to lift off right now in Jesus' name. As you're, as if you're, if you're struggling with fear, I want to encourage you to touch your head. And as you're going to touch your head, God's going to lift something off you. He's going to break something off you. In Jesus' name, uh, just reach out to the body part and we pray now, Jesus, come, your healing presence. Sickness, go, be healed in Jesus' name. 